when I do go to build teams, it really is all of us that's involved. It is not just me, it's me and the entire team that's looking for something. And we all agree in how we're going out and building the team. We all know that every individual on the team has a special skill. Gameside presents the Game Changer Podcast with host Adam Joseph. and welcome to the Game Changer podcast brought to you by Gainsight. That clip was from today's guest, Star Hoffer, Vice President of Customer Success at eCompliance. Today we're talking all about creating the complete customer success team. What is the right mix of tenured CSMs and industry expert CSMs? What skills and gaps should you look for in candidates? What personality types are important? Learn that and more in this episode. And now, your host, Adam Joseph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the GameSite Game Changer podcast series. I'm Adam Joseph, the Director of Customer Success at GameSite. So I know from personal experience, based on the number of customer success teams that I've either been part of or worked with, CSMs can come from a wide range of backgrounds, skill sets, and experience levels. Some are coming into customer success for the first time from both the front and back office in roles as diverse as product, sales, support, marketing, or even HR and finance. In fact, in a future episode, I'm going to talk with some CSMs who have made the move from back office to front, so look out for that one. Others are more experienced in being a CSM, but maybe lack specific industry knowledge and nows as they move from one role to another. So what makes the complete CSM team if such a thing actually exists? What is the right mix of having people who are tenured CSMs versus those who have worked in the same industry as the customers that they serve? What personality types are important? What other factors do you need to consider? Well, joining me to discuss this very topic is Star Hoffer, who is the Vice President of Customer Success at eCompliance. Star, a very, very warm welcome to you. Well, hi, Adam. Yes, thanks for having me. So I gave a brief background to you, but it'd be great to hear in your own words. Tell us a little bit more about you. It's always hard talking about yourself, but for me, I've been in customer success for probably about six years, like true customer successes find today. But I've been in post-sale for a little over 19 years, so almost 20 years, I guess I'm working towards now. With a services background and a consulting background, it really lended nicely to moving into customer success. And so I've been fortunate enough to build now two complete teams of customer success, and I'm about ready to start another. Wow. And I know one of the other really interesting things about you is that you're an ultra runner as well. So I would love to hear either something about a race that you've been part of or an interesting experience because from someone who can barely do five kilometers, I'm always in awe of someone who can do just way further lengths than that. So tell us a little bit about that passion that you have outside of work. So running is like my meditation. It's the only thing that actually turns my brain off. And I've recently had done last year, probably one of the harder ultras that I've done in a while. And wasn't hard because of the actual route or the climate. It was actually the weather system. So it was a 50-mile race, which is 80K, and it was a torrential downpour the entire time, but you're running on trails. 
and it was a loop. So it was a 20K loop. By the time you do the first loop, it's fine. By the time you moved on to lap three or lap four, it was a mud fest. And so you were literally running in mud, which is very, very hard to do. And so I was extremely proud to have completed that race because so many people had dropped out because it was thunder and lightning and they were terrified for all the right reasons. But I thought it was an absolute blast and loved it. Did you say 80 kilometers? Did I hear you right? 80 kilometers, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, like three quarters or and the other ones, are you absolutely mad? (laughs) (laughs) Lots of time to think and process. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. Wow. Hats off to you. An incredible achievement. All right. So kind of going back to the main thrust of today's discussion about building the complete customer success team, if there is such a thing. And I've always actually found having people either as a manager or an individual contributor, actually having people who I bounce well off, who have skills and attributes that are very different from my own, I actually find not only helps me, but gives me an appreciation of how, you know, what is important to other people and how I need to think about what I communicate. So when you're as a leader thinking about building a team, how important is it that you have people who has a very diverse either experience level or skill set, as opposed to just looking for people and then trying to find an exact clone of that person and in the next person? Yeah, what a great question. I think so many times in leadership, individuals hire those that are cookie cutters to themselves instead of digging deep and really understanding themselves and go, what is my weakness? Where do I compliment myself? I know what I bring to the team. What is my weakness? Where can I find someone else that can bring something that I don't have so that they help build you up, but then you help build them up. And so it's a way of checking ego at the door and just really learning from one another. But I think it's essential of having people on your team that are completely different from you. And even sometimes finding those that you might even conflict with. So there are going to be personality styles that will just clash with you. But finding a way of having those type of individuals on the team is also important. And not just finding those that complement you. It's really interesting because... Very often, as you say, you'll have a superstar CSM and you think it would be phenomenal to just hire more and more people. But in some ways, I think you don't actually get an understanding of what you could accomplish by having people with different kinds of experience levels or knowledge, uh, whether that be about being a CSM or within that industry domain. So diversity for me is key. And as you said, I've learned so much from the people that have reported to me. I've really benefited from having that diversity. So as you start to build out a team, is it important in some of your early hires to think about getting very experienced people versus very junior? Where do you come from in terms of the importance of experience level, either in being a CSM or industry knowledge versus hiring someone who might have some of the softer skills but lack tenure? Yeah, it all depends on the organization. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, if your team is, say you're starting from net zero, that you are the first hire then I would take a look at around the organization and go, okay, well, what's there? Do you already have a wide breadth of industry experience? Then you probably don't need to go focus on that. Maybe your organization is making the pivot into customer success. Then yeah, it is important to find someone that has customer success experience so that both of you can then go sell to the organization the value of customer success so that you can continue to hire the right people and get other people to see customer success from your lens. Now, if you already have a very customer-centric organization and everyone already drinks the Kool-Aid about what customer success is all about, then your hire might be different. Your hire might be, all right, well, do you lack maybe operations? Do you have a tooling gap? 
Do you have a marketing gap or a product marketing gap? So it's just really taking a look across the organization and yourself of a skill set that you might not have. Mm. So you bring in that key hire. And I think the first hire that you do if starting from zero is the most important hire because it's going to set that tone. And what about as you're making that assessment as a leader, is that based on your own intuition or is there a methodology that you can use and be slightly more prescriptive about the makeup of the individual that you're looking to bring into the team? I actually think it might be a bit of both. I've been blessed with great intuition and a great Hmm. read on people, which is very helpful. And I think because I'm very introspective on myself, I know what my own strengths and weaknesses are, and I'm not afraid to say them and verbalize them. And so as a result, I think it allows me to have others be vulnerable around me and share those. It's also part of my hiring process as well as actually to find out what that is so that I'm making sure I'm finding someone that's also somewhat introspective and know that can they express what their strengths and weaknesses are. But from a methodology perspective, it really is just kind of looking through the skills sets that's there. And then if you don't even have a customer success team, but you have a product team that you work closely with or sales or even your leadership, ask them, what do they think is the gap? Because your perspective is one thing, but when you get other people's perspective, it really paints that big overall picture. And it's really cool because then they articulate something. You're like, oh, you know what? That's it. That's what my intuition was nagging me about, but I just couldn't put the words to it. So I think it's the methodology is nothing sexy or fancy. It really is just talking to people, especially those within your organization and getting them to express what they think the gap might be. I mean, I've probably hired, it's difficult to say, but it would probably be close to a hundred different CSMs, if not more in my career. And whenever I've looked to bring people in, there's always been some key qualities and attributes I've looked for them to possess. I think most of all for me, it's always, do they have the X factor? Because I can teach software, I can teach process, I can educate on workflows. But if someone doesn't have that passion for the customer, then it's very difficult to learn it. You, uh, to me, it's either something inbuilt that you can demonstrate or you don't have it. But there are always some other things as well, being empathetic, communication skills, having a proactive mindset. A great sense of humor definitely helps <laughs> in this role. And one of the most important things is authenticity being genuine in what you are, because that goes so well in building the customer relationship. Now, it's very difficult to find. And if I had my shopping list of 10, 15 different qualities, it's difficult finding someone who's got everything. And as you say, I think we all score higher in some levels or low, but finding that diversity is so important. As you think about your teams, are there very specific qualities and attributes you put closer to the top of your list that you think irrespective of experience or background, these are typical things that CSMs should typically have to be successful in the role? Yeah, I think confidence and relatability are key. Are they someone that individuals or customers can relate to, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes you could you could find all those right attributes, but really if they're not able to build a rapport, so if they have those natural skill sets to build relationships, I think that's a big one. Problem solving, I would say, is another one. Do they love solving different problems? And then it's just a combination of introverts and extroverts, really. I like both because they they complement the team in different ways. But figuring out, well, what type of introvert, like are you looking for a social introvert, for example, or are you looking for a pure extrovert, someone that may have sales experience? So I'm a little all over the map, if I'm honest, of what the different skills I look for, because it really all depends on what is the gap that's on the team at the time. Because if you're filling a role because somebody left, then what did they complement? Did they elevate everybody else up? 
And so now you don't have that gap anymore, but you have another one that has presented. Well, what is that gap? Mm. And then you go find that skill that you might be looking for. And most of the time, it's a soft skill that you're looking for. It's not a hard skill to what you mentioned, right? You can you could teach those. Mm. It's those soft skills that are of who they are, like their identity is really what you're missing and need on the team. I mean, something I've got better at over my career is trying to not only identify those gaps that I have in the team, but also interviewing as a leader can be really tough. It's an artificial process because you're having to ask people to comment on their experiences. It's just a taster of to get the potential of what they might become. And as I've kind of got more tenured over my career, I think my ability to ask the right questions, to get candidates to talk about specific examples that might show me, do they really possess that gap that I'm looking for or not, or are they just talking the talk? How have you found that in your experience in terms of, yes, you understand what the need is, but really using that interview process, which is a pressurized amount of time, you don't have long to make a decision, to make sure that you nail the right candidate and get them in. Yeah, it's really interesting, the whole hiring process itself. I think it's key to make the candidate comfortable so that they can be their best self. I think sometimes we we kind of overcomplicate the interviewing process and create sometimes a sterile environment where they are not able to be their best. Mm. But what I've found works really well from an interviewing process is, you know, you have your standard questions. And to your point, like you really figure out what the key questions to ask that you're able to get to the meat of the matter of their skill set. But I find doing a peer also works as well. So you bring in someone that's doing the role and allows the candidate to explore as well, because it's not just an interview of us to them, it's them to us. So you want to make sure that you find those right fit individuals too, that's going to be the culture ad. So I generally go through a, a couple of step process. One is your, your typical behavior-based questions that you're digging into their experience and getting to know them. So dating, if you will. And then you have your a peer, so someone that's doing the role itself. And they're asking questions as well about their experience. And oftentimes, the ones that you know that you're going to end up hiring is when a peer comes out or a CSM comes out of that interview and they've learned something. And those are great. So it's an opportunity at that time for both the individual and the candidate to kind of gel. And then I'm a big fan of walking the walk. So if they do say they're very proficient at something and you're hiring for something specific, then why not validate it? So if that means conducting a presentation or putting documentation together or whatever that might be or or sales pitch or whatever it is, find out what you're really looking for and find a way of validating that they do have that skill. Because the worst thing you could do is is hire someone that doesn't actually have that skill that you're trying to hire for. Mm. In some ways, actually, what we do in customer success and the hiring process, there there are so many synergies there. One is, have you set the expectations correct during the process? The second one is, are you accurately describing what the role is all about and then setting a path after they get hired about the launch? And then continuing to look at, are the goalposts moving as the business evolves? What you want from a CSM could be different from month one to year two. So are your team adapting to the needs of the company and the customers that you have now rather than when you just hired them? So I think that there are actually lots of synergies between customer success generally and hiring as well. And I've learned that as my career has gone on and got better with it. So as if we kind of follow the track of the conversation, you've done that needs analysis You've interviewed right and tried to write people in and then make sure that you've onboarded them correctly. Once you build up a team that have got 
different backgrounds, experiences, communication styles. Yes, you want them all to be able to bounce off each other and form a cohesive unit. But sometimes when you put people in who think slightly differently, act in a different way, introvert, extrovert, it can sometimes create a bit of tension, maybe you know, how something is communicated by one person isn't received in that same manner by the person receiving it. How do you manage all individuals with different skill sets and experiences so it forms a cohesive team rather than you get these kind of individual issues with members of staff who maybe don't quite see eye to eye on, on a certain topic? That's a great topic. <laughs> I might be lucky and I'll throw that out there. And the reason why I say that is because when I do go to build teams, it really is all of us is involved. It is not just me. It's me and the entire team that's looking for something. And we all agree in how we're going out and building the team. We all know that every individual on the team has a special skill. And because everyone has their own special skill, you don't have a team filled with ego. Because I know that one person might have the skill of project management, very good and efficient with project management. And then I might have your perfect presenter that's like TED Talk style, that's just brilliant. And then you have a writer or someone that's more of an analyst, someone that could dig into the numbers and whiz kid at Excel. So as a result, where everybody is their own unique individual and they have something to bring into the team. And they know that listening to one another is important because they're learning from the next individual. So I've been fortunate enough because that has been our team norms of having everyone that has unique skill set on the team where they're all learning from each other. There isn't none of this competition that's there or even personality styles. Yeah, there's some that you will naturally gravitate towards more but you do still respect the skill set that they're bringing in. So there isn't none of this animosity between the teams at all. So I think I've just been very fortunate or just because maybe I've been up and honest about why we're building a team, why everyone is different. And I think everybody does see the different skill set because it's quite clear that skill set that they bring to the table. I think maybe that visibility really helps with creating the team atmosphere. See, I, I don't think it's lucky. I think when you go through a very disciplined process of trying to work out what you're looking for, be very specific about testing out during the interview process, do they really possess those skills or they just say they do, bringing them into the culture of the business, having everyone set up correctly. I think if you do all of those, the chances of getting it wrong are much less than if you just go through gut intuition and hire someone on a whim. I think the more methodical you are, the more thought you put into the whole process, the less luck takes hold. And it tends to be nine out of every 10 hires tend to be really good ones. So I, I think it's a really interesting process in, in terms of that you've outlined. So it would be remiss of me not to talk about some of the challenges associated with the COVID pandemic that we're, we're in at the moment. So clearly everything we've talked about is really important. But then when we add in the challenge of everyone working remotely and the amount of digital transformation that we've seen over the last three or four months has added a new lens into how we do this. So how you build your team, the skill sets that you're looking for when you have a fully remote CSM team, does that make things more difficult? Does that make things easier? Or in your eyes, does that change the dynamic at all in terms of everything we've talked about from a fully remote standpoint? It might, but I, let me try to explain why I say it might. For us, we've always had a remote worker and we had one individual that had moved out across to Vancouver. 
And so what we had done as a team is, as we all know, being that lone person that's on the virtual call and everyone else in the boardroom, it absolutely atrocious because you can never hear the person in the back that asked the question. And so you're always trying to piece together context. Yeah. So when we all just started to lock down and we locked down on the, the second week of March, then it was actually something that was fairly easy and transparent for us because when we would do team meetings as customer success, we would all do it virtually because what we recognize, it must have been like a year and a half ago, maybe two years now, is that Stacy, who is our remote worker, was not able to really be involved because she was remote and was trying to piece together everything. So we've always decided to do virtual meetings. So even though we're in an open concept office and we sit right next to each other, and so you'd have some cases, 16 of us all sat around each other, we would all be online because we wanted to create a great experience for her. Because at the end of the day, if you have one person that feels like the outcast because everyone else is in the room, it's not a great employee experience. And we wouldn't want our customers to feel that either. So when we made the switch of working from home, I think because we were already so used to doing virtual team meetings and having that run as just a normal function, it wasn't that big of an adaptation that we had to figure out. But from a skill set perspective of who do you need to consider to be on the team, I think I'm very fortunate to have individuals on the team that are very extrovert. And I mean very extrovert, very, (laughs) very social, extremely social, creative individuals that have a great way of kind of pulling people together in celebrations. Because I think the one thing that you lose from a virtual perspective is the art of celebrating, celebrating all the small little things that happen. You could do that much easier in an actual environment than you can virtually. So I think ensuring that you do have complementary individual sets loves to play games, loves to bring people together, that's very social, that creates a bit of a buzz, that feels warm and feels good, is important. Mm. So whether you have that individual on the team already, then I would double down on that type of skill set to add to your team. If you don't, I would go source that today to add that complementary skill because it really is a skill that gets overlooked. And those are the ones that When you start a new job and everyone gravitates towards just because they're the fun factor, (laughs) right? That they're just absolutely fun to be around. If you have a few of those in your organization, you're very fortunate to have one of those on your team. I think that does make a world of a difference from a team atmosphere, whether you're virtual or whether you're actually in the office. Yeah, I mean, I've debated this point as well as I think about bringing new people into the team and for the first time having to do things fully remote. I mentioned before about some of the synergies between customer success and bringing people into the team. That launch is so critical. Making someone feel part of the team when you're not next to someone is really important. And you want them to feel comfortable because when someone's comfortable, that's when they're best able to apply the skills and experience and knowledge that you've hired them for. If they're not, then they're going to feel slightly inhibited and make life a lot more difficult. Start, I've loved the discussion. I think this whole process from identifying the gaps that you want to bring into the team from the experience and knowledge standpoint all the way through to how to make them feel comfortable in their surroundings to be able to achieve at their best and also as a leader to hire people who have got slightly different skill sets to you which helps as you're never too old to learn more and be a better customer success professional and leader I think it's really fantastic as well so I've picked up loads of tips hopefully everyone listening to has as well but for now Star thank you so much for joining us today it's been an absolute pleasure Thanks for having me.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to studiopodsf.com. Thank you.